Hey everybody, C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like Godzilla, stomping stigma for decades. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about fear and fear as it relates to the big picture and what's going on in the world, but really how we can harness fear and how fear is actually a good thing sometimes. Fear helps us prepare. Fear helps us acknowledge the reality of what's happening. Fear can be tricky because sometimes there's perceptions of fear based on things that are not there. That's more inward psychological fear. But fear based on what we know, based on reality, there is a healthy sense of accepting fear into our lives as something that we can use and harness as a mechanism to find a healthy, proper path forward. So we're going to talk about fear in relation to the U.S. in the world psychologically and uh, you know, maybe what we can start to do to harness that into our lives. So let's hit the button and do the thing here on Dopamine. Let's go. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, friend. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Thanks for choosing dopamine as your your podcast to listen to right now. You could literally be doing anything else and you choose to be here. Or maybe you're doing other things while also doing this, which is fine. I'm not insulted by that. That's totally cool. A lot of people do dishes or run or, I don't know, make love. (laughs) I don't know that anyone's made love to a podcast. Is that like a thing that people do? I don't know. That would be a really strange choice. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. uh, I know words get people off. That's your, if that's your jollies, those are your things. I'm going to have to make this an adult podcast, I guess. Uh, That's, that's totally fine. That's totally okay. I just took a B12 vitamin. So my voice is going to be a little weird for a few seconds while that dissolves. I just realized I need the energy. So we're going to do that. So thank you for being here. Welcome back to dopamine. This is your second or third episode. I hope that you will subscribe or like, depending on what platform you're listening to this on. Share it with a friend who needs to hear it and um, leave a comment and a rating and review and all that stuff. Uh, I haven't really seen anyone do that. So, I mean, that would be cool if you did that. That would be really fantastic. That would help the show. Um, And it would really just take a minute. So that would be cool. Um, (laughs) It was like, it would be cool, I guess, you know, whatever. Uh, So we're going to talk about fear a little bit. And, you know, what really sparked this conversation for me, what this thought for me this morning was, um, well, really everything that's happening with the pandemic around the world, uh, psychologically what's happening. And I'm just trying to think about like, what are we missing? What are we doing right now? There's so much pointed fingers, um, at each other. You know, the other parts of the world are pointing at the U S the U S is pointing at the ourselves or each other. Uh, Some people are pointing at the president. Some people are pointing at people not wearing masks. There's a lot of pointing. There's a lot of pokey poke pointing. And uh, it's it's a real weird... It's weird to see. I'm like, what is missing? What are we doing? Uh, And I noticed that we're missing fear. Genuine expressions of fear. Um, 
What made me think of that is that generally speaking, when someone's dealing with depression, for example, you can experience depression by not feeling sadness. Like there is a, uh, there's a, there's a typical understanding that depression is, is sadness. Depression is not sadness. Depression is a lower physical mental state. It, it affects your energy level and affects your chemical levels, but it does not make you sad. It makes it easier to be sad. It makes it easier to feel difficult thoughts and to have self-judgment because when you're feeling depression, you are feeling as though you can't get the normal things done that you would get done. And therefore self-judgment creeps in. You feel bad. You feel sad. You feel difficult. You feel like everything's worthless and meaningless and it snowballs from there. And that's really what depression is. It's something that exacerbates those feelings. But if you don't feel sadness in your life, you don't allow yourself to process sadness. You can also feel depressed as a result of not feeling sadness. And depression is really asking something of you. Depression is often saying like, what are we missing? What do we need to experience that we're not experiencing right now? And I feel like with the world, with the country, with the United States, experiencing nearly an economic depression, uh, as well as so many people dealing with anxiety, dealing with stress. But I don't hear a lot about fear. There's a lot of people that are afraid. They are expressing that. But there's so much about like, people are stupid. They're paying attention to the news too much. They're doing this, they're doing that. There's, there's not a lot of inward expression of like, I'm genuinely terrified. And for me, I'm terrified. I am absolutely terrified. There were 50,000 cases in the U S that have happened today. And I'm lucky to be in New York state where it's been handled very well. And we don't have cases up here. We have some cases, but it's not rampant up here in Monroe County in Rochester, New York. So super grateful for that. We're still being smart about it. We're still making choices that are helpful to us, but fear, genuine fear has allowed us to make the proper decisions that we need to make to get the masks that we need to make proper precautions. And it's not just inward fear. I'm cause like, I know a lot of us feel fear. I know that we're, we're experiencing it, but there's a difference between experiencing it and expressing it. And I think we're struggling with expressing it. Um, uh, if I reference the Enneagram, the in United States is essentially a social three country. Social three, three is, 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 um, vanity or self-deceit for the passion for three. And if we're dealing with vanity as a country, basically it means that the unhealthy expression of vanity is that we are not, um, we're not acknowledging what's happening and we're just pretending like everything's okay. We're making it look like everything's okay, or we're attempting to make it look like everything's okay. And, um, obviously it's not, um, but there is a continual murmur of the culture that wants it to be okay. And it's pretending like it's being okay. Not just pretending, but like actively opposing reality and, um, you know, going against the fear and just, you know, making it look like everything is okay. That's part of probably the refusal to wear a mask. Um, and then, you know, the president is likely also a social three individually. So he enables that in a lot of the country because he is constantly concerned with his own 
um, optics and vanity. And it's not, that's not political commentary. I'm, I'm just noticing what we've noticed. This is what is out there. This is what we've seen. Um, and I'm not using the word vanity from my own judgment. I'm using vanity from the Enneagram description. So the, the vanity part of it, the self-deceit is again, trying to just make sure everything's okay. Uh, you know, if we don't, if we don't test, then we don't have any cases. Like, you know, it doesn't look like we have any cases. So that, you know, that makes sense if that's your value system to want to show the passion of vanity, to show that everything's okay when it's not. Because there is a degree of, <clears throat> if it looks okay, then we can pretend it's not real and then we can go on with our lives. Challenge is that if something is actually there, there's actually a tiger in the trees uh, ready to pounce on you, then, you know, to pretend it's not there isn't going to help you. The tiger's still coming and you still got to deal with it. So that's one of the challenges is acknowledging the fear. Now, there are uh, two other points in the Enneagram related discussion to this is that um, that three, uh, three in stress goes to nine. And three in growth goes to six. So in nine is basically sloth. Sloth is inaction. Sloth is pretending like nothing ever happened and just being passive and, you know, kind of letting things be what they are, letting things play out. And that's a pretty common, you know, expression as well. Like, Let's just, you know, let's just wait until we get herd, human, herd immunity or someone makes a vaccine or, you know, let's just wait it out. Let's just, it's fine. Let's just, uh, and it's not, it's not the same as just hiding away because hiding away is like, you know, quarantine. It's like part of what we have to do. That's part of the action. The part of the inaction is pretending it's not real and continuing to go along our lives, go along, going about our day as if we can't get sick. And that's the nine unhealthy part of that. That's a lot of the stress that people are responding to. And that's a lot of the way people are responding uh, to the stress of the moment in that way. Now, everyone has individual Enneagram types. I'm more so talking about the cultural murmur of the United States in particular. And the reason I want to talk about this is because I know that there are a lot of people outside of the U.S. that listen to this that want some sense of comfort of knowing what's happening in the U.S. because it's really scary what's happening here between the riots, between the protests, um, uh, Black Lives Matter, and uh, the police stuff, and then the the president, and then COVID, and then uh, there's so much stress, there's so much anxiety, there's so many people fighting each other, there's so much uh, national news divisiveness, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of internal feelings of fear, but no one in the U.S. is expressing their fear. Not no one, but not as many people are expressing their fear, especially not at scale. And really that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about scale because individuals are expressing themselves, but not enough individuals are expressing themselves to let that become scale. So when I talk about three going to six in growth, six is fear or angst fear in terms of like paranoia or preparation. A lot of people who are afraid of what's coming in the future prepare for it. You know, you think of like the, uh, the doomsday preppers or, um, you know, any of the alien invasion movies or something usually has someone like this who has been thinking about this, who was prepared for it. Now it's one thing if there's like an actual threat, it's another thing if it's a, if it's a perceived threat, 
right? So you can have perceived fear, which usually leads to anxiety, a fear of the dark, a fear of nothingness, a fear of empty, fear of, you know, anything that you can manifest in your mind. That is an unhealthy sense of fear. That is just paranoid about everything. That is usually the freeze response. You know, there's uh, fight, flight, or freeze. And uh, flight is fear because we, you know, we need to retreat and that's valid. Oftentimes, maybe we do need to back away. It's kind of like the the Star Trek adage that often the best course is to actually retreat uh, to fight another day. If you don't have, if you can't win the battle, then don't fight, flee. Uh, usually there's a freeze moment because you don't know what to do in the moment. There's a sense of either hopelessness or you're processing the reality of the situation and you really, you just don't know what to go, where to go. And in terms of the scale, the big picture freeze can often be a perception of what's on the other side of the door when there's no evidence to suggest that there's something on the other side of the door. It's like a kid being afraid of a ghost under the bed. You might not have a reason to think that that's the case other than what's in your imagination. And really the only way to find out is to investigate or to have someone investigate for you. So going forth in the face of fear is what bravery is. And there's a lot of illusion of the expression of fear right now. There's a lot of the, this, this feeling of like, I don't need a mask. I'm a brave person. And that's not, that's not bravery. That's ignorance. And I'm not talking about ignorance in terms of like a judgment. I'm saying like ignoring the problem, which is more of a nine stress response, right? So the sixth uh, growth point is to acknowledge the fear that we're feeling as a nation, as a world, as a, as countries, as people, as individuals to not only acknowledge, but express it, express it through art, express it through podcasts, through our Instagram feeds, our Facebook, etc., And not just resharing and pointing fingers at each other, but genuinely saying like, I'm terrified right now. And it's like, you know, we see stuff on the news and, you know, we, we have our opinions about everything and opinions are basically outsourcing of fear. Like it goes in the direction of something else. It's not about our fear of the thing. It's about what the other person is doing to make me feel fear. So it's like, you know, oh, this guy is like, you know, he's saying things to like fear monger and he's making us feel terrible and it's this, 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 this. It's like everyone is dealing with this feeling of not knowing how their mom is going to save the the world right now. <laughs> like we're all crying for our moms and our mom doesn't know what to do. And there's, you know, this feeling of uh, some adult will take care of it. And we're the adults. We have to handle it. We have to handle our situation, the situation, how we feel, how we express how we feel, and communicating and connecting because there's no one else, there's no one coming to save us. <clears throat> and sometimes that's the scary part of life is that you look around and you have kids and you're like, ah, crap, I'm the adult. I'm the responsible one. I've got to do this. I've got to take care of this. I've got to talk to my kids. I got to talk to myself. I got to talk to my partner. I got to talk to maybe my parents, or I got to talk to, um, you know, someone I care about, about how I feel in this situation. 
And I know what I'm always sharing on this show is like idealisms and beds of roses and stuff. And I would love for things to work out a certain way. But all I have is my influence in, in the small nugget of the internet to talk to a few people across the world, which I appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening. And have this opportunity to share, you know, how we can, we can be better. And I hope that we can be better. I hope that we can take our fear and harness it into something. Because it's ultimately our responsibility to express that fear, to do something about it. You know, it's like one thing to look at the news and say like, oh, this guy. But it's another thing to say like, okay, well, if I'm feeling this about this person or about this situation, what is it that I can do about it? First of all, it helpful me for me to know everything about everything about the situation. Do I just need the facts and the information or do I need all of the emotional stuff? Sure, you need some of it, but you might not need every person's opinion <clears throat> on every national news network. You don't need that. Um, you might not need to listen to you know people's judgments and opinions on Twitter. You might not need all of that. Uh, you might need to understand your own fear and then express that fear uh, honestly and openly as a connection tool to your friends and family who need your support. Some people need to know that you're afraid. Some people, like kids can often feel like you are able to, like they feel useful to you as a parent, as a child, uh, to, to be able to comfort you as an adult. You know, we're all striving for these varying levels of, of power, um, internally as we develop and as we grow as people. And if we can see ourselves in varying roles, and that means being supported by our kids sometimes and saying like, yeah, I'm also scared. I would hope for this to be better. And that's why we're, we're taking these measures. That's why we're being smart when we go to the store. That's why you guys have to stay home while I go to the store, or this is why we do this or that. And if there are bigger picture fears, then call your local legislatures, like call your, you know, someone who can do something that you can't because part of the freeze response is this sense of hopelessness. There's this sense that I can't do anything. And sure, maybe there's not something you as an individual, like you're not going to be the Neo of the story. You might not necessarily be the Frodo of the story, but you might be a Sam to someone. You might be supportive to someone. You might be uh, someone who can at least be honest about your fears and then someone can go to war for you. Not literal war, but like someone can go to bat for you and they can actually take your fears and culminate it into an, a forward motion of some kind. Whether that's like, you know, we, we tend to look at politicians as our modern gods or something, but it's like feeling that we as individuals have an opportunity to focus, to grow, to do something about our fear. And that's not to abolish it. That's to harness it. That's to use it as a strength. To be afraid is part of bravery. I mentioned that already, but it's every single hero in terms of a hero's journey refuses the call before they take the call because it's scary. First of all, A, you might not want to do it. You might have to deal with things that you're not comfortable with. Or B, there's just, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's just unknown and the unknown is scary. And the best thing that we can do is become brave to venture into that, that unknown 
And we can learn a lot about ourselves in that process of accepting our fear. Again, if you push your fear aside, why would you accept the journey? You know, you push your fear aside. That's just arrogance. You know, you, you go onto your journey and then you're slaughtered by the first creature that you come across. That's, that's not caution. That's not, that's not uh, a proper assessment of where you are and where the dangers are. Right. And that's really what all of this is about is a proper assessment of the dangers and of yourself. You know, so again, to like kind of use the adventure or even like a video game metaphor that if you are a level one character and you venture into this vast wilderness and you come across a level 10 creature, it's probably not a good idea to face it. That fear is, is a representation of knowing your ability and their ability. And if you're feeling fear about this virus, which I think most of us are to some degree, it's, it's that kind of a mechanism. Like we don't know how to, like we are a level one and this virus is level 99 or, or it might even be the same level. We just don't even understand how to defeat it. It might have a certain kind of armor. It's got a certain way of operating that we don't know how to to tangle with it yet. We don't have the right equipment. We don't have the right experience to handle this yet. So what that means is that we venture into different territory that we go find the resources that we need to, we go handle the things that we can handle. We control the things that we can control. You know, it's not like you come across that level 10 character and then you just say, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this adventure. This doesn't mean anything. This isn't important to me. And I'm just going to give up on life. And you don't get anywhere that way. And the thing is with, with staying still is that life is always in motion. The reason I use the Enneagram is because the Enneagram is a moving symbol. The Enneagram is always in motion and you're flowing between the different lines and numbers. And, uh, there are multiple ways to read the Enneagram. It's a complex symbol. And the idea is that you're always in motion. You're not resting at a particular type. You're moving around quite a bit, uh, in, in terms of like following the arrows. So when it comes to life, you know, the freeze response means that we freeze and then the thing is able to get us, right? Freeze is like my least favorite of the responses because <laughs> freeze basically means that you're just going to sit still and you're going to wait for the tidal wave because eventually the tidal wave will catch up to you in some way or another. And it's not movement out of fear or out of paranoia. It's just, it's a healthy understanding that that's like the point and purpose of life is to cultivate purpose, to go forth. And that's not literal. I don't mean that like you can't sit on the couch and enjoy something and rest. Like rest is part of everything. Part, rest is how we regroup for the next day, for the next journey, for the next uh, uh, bit of movement. But I mean holistically, like staying in the same place for 10 years and, you know, not developing as a person, keep wearing the same clothes all the time. Uh, keep watching the same shows or keep inundating yourself with the same politics and the same things that are infecting your mind and boiling in the stress. We call that stress bathing. Molly and I at least call that stress, stress bathing. When you're just kind of sitting in the, the pot of boiling water and you get used to the temperature as it rises. So you're a boiling lobster getting comfortable. And before you know it, you're going to start burning and like the only way to get out is to move 
or scream and someone else will take you out. <laughs> but you got to do something, right? To sit still is the least useful of those tools. Um, unless you're like standing in front of a, uh, something that you need to play dead with, but that's more nuanced. So I'm not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> so the situation being that, you know, fear is a powerful tool. And I think the only thing that if you're going to take something away from this podcast episode is that, you know, the denial of fear is not helping anyone. And if you're genuinely feeling afraid, which is a something that I've personally dealt with probably all of my life, I've intellectualized my fear away. And that's why this podcast exists. I talk about all the things that I've been afraid of in my life, losing my family, losing my friends. When it comes to this coronavirus, like I think about, I, I mean, I have like stoic practices that are kind of embedded into me at this point. But when I think about losing my family, um, I lost my brother. That's a terrifying thing. Like I still don't know how to properly process that. Um, and if I were to lose Molly, I would just crumble as a human. And I don't know how I would process that. I'm so terrified of that and the inevitability of that because we're mortal and it's going to happen one day. And, um, the sooner than later of it, but it's not about thinking about fear in a way that's going to make me freeze up, clam up and not enjoy my life. Right. Uh, cause then you cling and you become clingy and you start being consumed by the fear and it becomes internal and you just start acting weird to your partner. And they're like, I don't even like you anymore. I'm leaving. And then you kind of manifest those fears. So it, it's, it's about expression. It's like expulsion of it. It's almost like getting it out, right? It's not bathing in it. It's not about making fear the new normal. It's about, it's about adequate assessment. Honestly, it's again, it's about looking at yourself and saying like, okay, I'm a level one, this thing I'm coming across, that's a level 10 and we're going to wrap that up. So Molly's just walking in the door. Hi Molly. No, you're fine. I'm just about wrapping up anyway. So, um, you know, this whole fear thing is like, it, it's a lot to consume. It's a lot to talk about. And uh, I'm sure you have your own thoughts about it. So uh, again, leave a comment wherever you're listening to this, share it with other people, do the whole thing. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up, but if I've got more to say, I'll do another episode. So um, with that being said, uh, go check out dopamine.life. We've got a couple of uh, courses and programs that you can go check out. We've also got articles, um, other podcast episodes. And if you're an INTP listening, we're going to be relaunching the INTP productivity workshop as a monthly membership for INTPs to work together, not just videos, but you can actually work with other INTPs to connect with me, connect with each other and, uh, you know, develop your skills as a INTP to get your, your work out into the world and conquer your own fears of, uh, feedback and expression and stuff like that. So, um, with all of that said, uh, I hope you guys will work on finding your own ways to express your fear through your art, through your words, through, you know, to your partners, to your friends, to your family and, uh, and get all of that out. Um, the best way that you can and just be honest about what you're experiencing. Like I said, if lack of feeling sadness can sometimes lead to depression. And I, I would say that's not too different for expressing fear um, in, in what's happening right now. So all that said, thank you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on dopamine. See ya.
This has been a C-Note Media production. Hi, my name is Michael. I just had a profiling session with C-Note and I really loved it. Uh, I actually have been struggling for a long time, hesitating between INTP and INFP. So getting an expert point of view from outside was critical for me. Uh, I really felt in good hands. Uh, I was able to get rid of any doubts I had. I was able to ask any questions and that was really a game changer for me. Uh, overall, I'm really happy with how the session was set up and very happy with the results as well. So I highly recommend working with him um, and I want you to thank him again. It was totally worth it. Sign up for your own one-on-one -on -one personality profiling session at dopamine.life slash profiling session today.